All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Climb, the StarCraft II podcast focused on the Below Masters Blue Collar Leagues. I am your host, Lord Cranial. Hello, my name is Dan. I go by Captain Hoppa. Each episode, we will dive into the ups and downs of the Diamond Ladder experience while searching for the secrets to get good. Yeah, we're just three normal players who are working on uh, climbing to that next rung of the ladder, fiending after that master's border, as always. Um, We hope you enjoy the discussion tonight. Today's topic, we're going to be focusing on tournaments for all players on the StarCraft II ladder. Uh, Regardless of your skill level, there is probably a tournament for you. And we're going to go over things like how to mentally prepare and, you know, just anything competition related. Yeah, but before we uh, talk about any of that stuff tonight, we have a very special guest with us and our first guest. So we're both incredibly excited. She is a Diamond 1 Terran player and also a D2 Protoss player pretty sure it's d2 almost uh not quite there yet but (laughs) i've been like along the borders but yeah thank you though i I hope one day to be a diamond two protoss (laughs) yeah she's uh she's kicked both my ass and captain happa's ass before she is a fantastic player and also a fantastic person we are so happy to have our friend here tonight well thank you very much for the generous introduction it's it's so great to be here i've listened to all your podcasts so far and really enjoyed the insight from inside nsgsl so yeah it's great to be on here thanks so much for the invite yeah it's no problem yes and again we're thrilled to have you shu yi and so before we hop into our topic i will ask you uh how's the ladder going Ladder's been okay. I haven't really had the time to grind it as much as I would like, but it's had its ups and downs. I'm glad I'm kind of out of my, like, MMR low. You know how we all have, like, our highs and lows? I'm kind of, like, in the middle right now. It just depends on the day, honestly, and my opponent more than anything else. Um, What do you think's given you the most trouble these days? It's interesting because lately my TVT has been by far the worst, and it's not even close. Up until recently, I think I've been pretty even. I usually am happy to have around a 50% win rate for all matchups, but lately the Terrans, man, they're just crazy. They cheese me nonstop. I think right now my TVT win rate is like 36%. I did increase it a little bit. Yeah, no, it's back down to 36% and I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I think part of it is the cheese and part of it is the Reaper Hellion micro being really difficult at the beginning of the game and that can kind of set the stage for how the game turns out. I don't know. It's just one of those matchups that requires very precise multitasking and micro. And yeah, you can be punished hard in seconds if if I, any of that doesn't go well. Well, and there's also like wildness in it. It can get weird pretty fast from, from what I've seen. Again, I don't play TVT, but it looks like something. Oh yeah, it, it can get wild, especially if your opponents are just insane, which 100% of my opponents have been lately, it feels like. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to really do anything in tvt because the early game is always just some form of insanity it kind of feels like it stabilizes in the mid game and then you're just right back to the insanity in the late game plus you you always get the people who are going to like mass raven widow mine you or just like one base rush you because trust me i know i I'm, i'm there i'm there with you i promise yeah it's weird because i pride myself as a honorable macro terran but then any terran i meet on ladder is just bring out all sorts of cheeses that I've never even imagined before. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? I thought we were on the same side. 
Yes, I, I think it's always uh, event expectation sometimes for certain types of games, and uh, the latter rarely gives it to you the way that you expect it. That's for sure. Yeah, I remember a long time ago we were talking about something like that, and you were saying like you can never expect ladder to be stable because you never know what to get from ladder. It could be cheese, it could be normal, it could be, you know totally unpredictable. So yeah, I, I encounter that every day. So I think I've definitely detached my self-worth quite a bit from my MMR or how I'm doing on a particular day because it just feels so random and chaotic sometimes. Yeah. And um, I, I forget if, uh, if you said this already, but did you take a break for a little bit as well? Or has it just been like less consistent as far as ladder goes? Yeah, just not consistent. Every month I have something going on. Like lately I just moved, so took a, about a week off for that. And before that, I think I, did I have a trip or something? I don't even remember. Everything's a blur. But I just never have enough time to play that I would like because between like being tired a lot and just working full time, it's, yeah, it's tough to get in the, the number of games that I would like to. I definitely feel that. And sometimes it's like, oh, I, I'm learning something. And then whatever you have to attend to, you have to attend to, and then you probably will have to relearn that again, you know? Yeah, then you come back, you come back to Protoss players who like rush to Carrier and yeah. Colossi, and you're just like, I don't remember this being a thing. What happened? <laughs> That's very true. It's like you learn something very specific for a little while, then then you don't see it for just long enough to forget how to deal with it. And then it comes right back again. It's like, oh my God, not this again. Yeah, so you said uh, you said TVT's most of your hangups right now. How are the other matchups feeling? The other matchups okay. You know, TVT is always uh, TVP is always TVP. You know, like one of us is raging at the other. <laughs> Either you're doing super well or super terribly. And TVZ has been amazingly good. I've I I did dabble in mech for a while, and after realizing how fragile it is to early cheese and muta transitions, I've actually favored doing bio more, and actually I've had like a 77% win rate in TVZ, which I, I don't even know. I guess just playing in tournaments and like dealing with all sorts of cheese has helped me um, become really well protected against easy ways that I usually die to Zerg cheese. Mm, yeah, no, I I know that your your TVZ is very strong. I have experienced it and it's cool that you're going back to bio like that's interesting how was like the mech flavor how how did that uh whole experience go because i know it's it's just beat by beat it's very different yeah oh mech is so different it's like a whole other wing of terran that i i can't believe i waited so long to try out it is incredibly strong versus zerg and it almost feels op sometimes like i I think the the highest rated players I've ever beaten was Zergs with Mech. I think I might have beaten a 4.3 or 4.4k Zerg with just like a straight up Mech macro game. And yeah, if they don't expect it or, you know, if you just get away with a whole bunch of kills through either BCs or Hellions, then it's it's pretty hard to come back from that. And as long as you keep active on the map with the harass and once you get that 200-200 Mech army, it's like, it feels pretty invincible sometimes. So definitely very powerful. It has its place, but I, I definitely like shorter games as well. So that's why I'm trying to <laughs> trying to move away from that. But I think it's good to learn both for sure because you want to have different tricks up your sleeve. Yeah, I've definitely beaten one of my master's friends with Mech one time, and it it was one of the mo the greatest feelings in in my life. I was so ex I was so excited. I didn't want to you know, show that to him because he was probably not happy that he just got beat by D2 Terran playing mech. But yeah, it does. It's, it's definitely a different pace. It's a different feel. If you're, if you're a bio Terran, you should definitely like give Beck a try. Like 
once or twice like you you might not necessarily like it because you know it's very slow to build up but it, it can net you some wins it's pretty good i think it's hilarious that you mentioned how you like the shorter games because as a zerg who's on the other side of mech that's pretty much my biggest complaint every time i have to play mech is is, is as soon as i scout that it's mech i'm just like I'm like taking like two extra bases and like getting like 20 more drones. And I'm just like, well, this is going to take another 15 minutes minimum. Minimum, it's going to take another 15 minutes for this game to end, win or lose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And being a, a bio Terran who plays against like in TVT, I, I tend to prefer bio as well. Whenever I scout that my opponent is going back, I'm like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. And when I feel that rage from scouting that my opponent is going mech, I kind of feel sympathy towards Zergs. I'm like, you know what? I should do my part and uh, bring less mech into the world. It would probably be good for my karma in the universe or something. I'm sure you could put together a supercut of every time I am playing a ZVT and realize it's mech, like it's blue flame or something. And it's just like, all right, it's time to enact our anti-mech protocol and complain about it for at least five minutes while I'm still playing. <laughs> Well, here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing is that Terrans also have to deal with mech. We don't have fun dealing with mech either. We have the same reaction. We put down an extra base. It's just like, oh, God, this is going to be another 15 minutes at least. Exactly. You know, you're going to sit there and you're going to mess up. and You're going to throw away like your entire bio squad to a bunch of tanks. I mean, like we, we understand it's frustrating. That's why we do it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. It's it's painful to receive it, which is why I'm like, yeah, it, it's good to know how to do that. But I think I'll stick to bio. I, I like the quick wins or quick losses. Just the, I, I barely have enough time to play as it is. So let's not turn like eight games into four mech games. Yeah. And bio has such a different tempo and feel and momentum swings. And I mean, mech still has that, but it's it's just different. It's a different whole setup, you know, and uh, um, that's good. How's how's PVT? Just real quick, if, if you want to. I mean, I know it's whatever, but my my TVP, um, it's it's fine actually. I think everyone who knows me knows that the thing I hate most about anything StarCraft related is proxy void rays, and I think on average that happens to me maybe one in two or one in one ladder session, and and like I've actually been it lately in a tournament, so that actually gave me a lot more confidence. Otherwise, yeah, it. I'm I'm really working on the rage that that particular build causes, but otherwise the matchup feels really comfortable. I I feel really evenly matched going into players at my level in TVP. Um, yeah, I just really hate proxy void, but I'm working on it. That's that's good. I mean, it, it's it's definitely a nice feeling when you have when you have that comfort where it's like, okay, it could be this or it could be this, and you still feel kind of prepared regardless of what it's actually going to be, and and that's always a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, um, I don't know if you have any other general ladder thoughts or if you have any uh, highlight, lowlight games that you'd like to get into. Um, sure, yeah. Most of my um, high emotion games have been TVT lately. I'll, I'll focus on that. So we can start with a lowlight. I think you were actually watching part of this game, Captain Hoppa. It's one of those games where you, you, you load into the game and it feels like a normal game, you know. It wasn't super normal. I think they Marauder Hellion rushed me. So after I defended that, I was like, all right, all right, we got this. And then after that, I see that they're natural as a planetary. So I'm like, oh my God, like it's one of those things that's so tilting because like you should never be able to get away with a planetary at the natural. That's just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. 
But whenever you see that, you know they're going for something ridiculous, like mass raven or mass species with widow mines scattered across the map. And sure enough, it was mass species. So um, I, I followed the protocol that my friend Paranoid Monk recommended, which is just to stop all bioproduction and just mass Vikings only and tanks. So I did that and I defended the first two or three waves of BCs and I thought, okay, they're dead for sure. Because I was on like five bases and they were on two. But little did I know, they had two hidden bases. And even though I killed most of their stuff, they just kept on warping BCs into my base over and over. And my Vikings were on the other side of the map trying to kill them, right? So I was like, oh my god. So I, I walk home, but then by the time I get home, my main base and my natural's taken out. And then I'm like trying to rebuild. And I'm like, why are they still in the game? But then I find their hidden bases. And I'm like, oh my god, like we're either even or they're even ahead. And it was just one of those games where I'm like getting more and more mad by the second. But the game is already like 28 minutes by this point. And I'm like, this is just terrible. Why would you want to do this to other people? Like, <laughs> who hurt you? You know, it was so upsetting after that. I, I didn't want to play for a long time. But <laughs> after, you know, as I usually do when I'm totally stumped, I post a replay in the NSGSL chat. And one of the NSGSL gods, usually Kacha or Safo, will watch the replay and, and you know, school me on all the terrible mistakes I've made. So I, I don't make it again. And um, Chad said something like, make your own BCs. And I was like, you know what? That's right. Like, I should get over that pride of like not making the OP unit and just like, just make them. Cause if they're gonna teleport on my base, like I, I don't wanna fly my slow Vikings all the way home. It's just so stupid, you know? So yeah, I'm gonna learn that tip in the future. It's just so dumb. Cause it's like each time you, you meet one of these cheese strategies, it's like, okay, I got this tip. And then you try it. It works like 80%, you still lose. And then it's like, okay, well, next time, now that I have the rest of the 20% on how to solve this, next time, I hope I'll, I'll actually make it work. So, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic for my next BC abusive opponent. Yeah, I do remember this. I remember, I think I, I missed, like, the first, like, 10 minutes of the game, but I got the gist of it, catching the last 20 or whatever. <laughs> and it was just BCs jumping around, and it's, like, that total, like, feeling of helplessness where you're like, this is a good trade, this is a good trade, this is a good trade, and then they just leave, and you're like, uh, I guess it wasn't. <laughs> And then the other thing I'll say that is hilarious, and I also relate to this a lot, is when you uh, find a hidden base that, like, they've clearly been mining it for, like, over five minutes, it's one of the worst feelings in the game. Because it's also just, like, this would have been so easy to punish, oh, yeah. but that window has closed. And you you know that that damage, that economic damage of them mining off of that has already done its job. And then I also do this too as an impatient Zerg where it's like, if I know they're on two bases, I'm just like, yeah, we're going to trade, who cares, whatever. And it's like, no, no, they're mining a lot more than you think. And that exponentially makes your own confidence in the game state worse, right? Because like, you're like, oh, it's fine. And then it's not fine. I've, I've fallen into that trap so many damn times. Like you just, you sit there, you see they're on two bases, just like, ah, it's fine. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to contain them. I'm just going to pick off what I can. And eventually I have to win because they have to run out of money. But then at some point you're just like, they have a lot of stuff and they're still producing. I don't understand what's going on here. Then they roll across you. You watch the replay and you see that, that one little dot off in the corner. It's just like, I knew it. I sh or I should have known that. Like it's, it's gotten to a point where it's just like, if I even suspect at this point, I'm sending two Marines around the edges of the map. I'm like, I'm not being caught by this again. Yeah, I, I totally relate to that too, because it's also like, I'll go through phases where I'm really paranoid about hidden bases. And like, I check like 
every 30 seconds because I've been burned recently. But then there's other times where the thought of it doesn't even cross my mind until I've traded like three times. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, we should look. Ladder is brilliant that way because it lulls you into a false sense of complacency and then you get screwed over and over and over again. It's a vicious cycle, I'm telling you guys. Oh yeah, it just hurts because it's like, I thought I already learned this lesson and I thought that this wouldn't happen to me again. But then, you know, a thousand games later and then same stupid strategy and it's like, oh, I got, I let them get away with another hidden base. It's just one of those things where it's like, man, I wish I slept an extra like hour or something so that I would have thought to even think about that. Because, yeah, it's just so tilting when they get away with something that just should not work. Yeah. So to pull it back a little bit to this more specific game, um, you said you what, what what would be the biggest change that that you would make you, you said you were considering maybe bcs yourself or, or just a different response or yeah i think the mass viking is a really solid response because it basically defends anytime they warp in which inevitably they do with that strategy but then since i'm mining so much and i had enough money to make my own bcs i think in retrospect in that game i definitely should have just made my own and also of course checked for hidden bases for you know, they, they shouldn't have been only on two bases for that amount of time, and it wouldn't explain all the BCs they were making either. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a tough game to be in, but I think we've all had games very similar to that. Yeah, funny how a lot of the lowlights involve BCs or mass BCs. Oh, I mean, I've had a large portion of mine being surprise BCs. <laughs> Just one of those things. <laughs> so if you don't have anything else for that game, we can go into your highlight if you want. Oh yeah, for sure. So I'll keep this one a little shorter. Uh, there was also a TVT on Beckett, and the opening of the game just did not work out for me at all. I think it was one of those builds where they did the reactor Reapers with Hellions, so instead of my five units of three Reapers and two Hellions, they had, I think, six Reapers and three Hellions, and a Medivac, and a Cyclone. I pretty much felt like I was dead. I think they killed, like, eight SCVs or something like at like th three minutes in the game so I was like oh my god another TVT loss and I think I lost like eight TVTs in a row that day but this was an unranked game and for some reason whenever I play unranked I tend to play so much better so I was like whatever like it doesn't count anyway so I'm just gonna keep powering through and then I just did my build and and you know it was behind the whole game by a significant amount I scanned I saw they were going tank bio as well so I was like okay and then I saw they were like beginning to move out on the map but I was like well I have to do something so I gathered as much tank bio as I could with my ravens and I saw they were beginning to move out I was like no me first so I stemmed into their natural but they were at their third and so um I set up everything and they couldn't get up because you know the nat between the natural and the third on Beckett there's this very narrow choke which if you try to squeeze through especially against siege tanks you're just gonna have a bad time so yeah they just me grinded their entire army into my tanks and then I won the game from there I was like wow I won that game I thought I was dead for sure but the beauty of TVT is there's often room for a comeback if you don't give up mentally. So yeah, unfortunately, I think I go into a lot of TVTs since it's my worst matchup, like mentally scared or already pre-defeated. Sorry, did you did, did that move feel uncharacteristic for you to just kind of shove in there, or is that is that normal? Um, I think I more and more that I'm comfortable playing the game and like realizing good opportunities. I try to take advantage of situations where you know, they're out of position or this is a good chance for me. And I, in that game, I thought this is my only chance in this game, right? Like they're about to move out. They're not here. So like, this is the only way I even have a chance to win this game right now. If I didn't have that window, like I probably, you know, they would have siege up at my natural and killed me because they had like way bigger army since they were so ahead. 
So yeah, that was like my my amazing opportunity to win that game and I took it and yeah, it felt really good because it was a game I had no right winning and I think games that you win where you're super far behind in the beginning definitely feel the best to win. Oh yeah. Well, and and you know, being down a little bit too and going for like the high risk, high reward move and it works is is always just fantastic and and you just Sometimes you just got to wedge yourself in there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was satisfying and it paid off. That's great. That's great to hear. Fantastic stuff. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. It's always good to hear. And it's also like, I don't know, it's exciting to have a third a third person that we can ask about ladder. Um, and again, if you want to ask Will stuff, feel free to hop in. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? It actually hasn't been going too bad. I've been enjoying my ladder sessions recently. I'm still kind of in the process of uh, shaking off some of the rust from my break. Um, some of my controls and just kind of general macro are still a little bit not where they used to be, but I, I still feel like I'm doing pretty solid. I'm, I'm getting at least, you know, a 50% win rate like each stream, which is, you know, that's, that's that feels pretty good. It's not as great as, you know, like a 60% or you like win all of your games or something, but it's nice to kind of have that, like, you're kind of evening out, you're coming out of a slump. So you kind of start to feel optimistic about everything. But um, yeah, as I've been, you know, continuing to practice and constantly warming up and whatnot, I've been feeling a little bit better about my prospects on ladder. And I'm trying to reaffirm to myself that I can get the time in one badge by the end of the year, but we'll still have to see. Uh, it's it's always nice too when you start that feeling of like getting things to click again or like things that clicked in the past and like you're like oh I I'm doing this automatically again like it's it's really satisfying and uh, uh, that's good I'm glad I'm glad to hear it um, are there any particular matchups that you know are causing you anguish more so than others or what so oddly enough it's TVZ recently like that has traditionally been my bread and butter well. It kind of flip-flops between TBT and TVZ, but TVZ has been my worst matchup recently, and I it's hard to pinpoint to one thing, but recently a lot of Zergs on ladder have been, uh, they've been doing like this kind of like Ling Bane flood type of deal, but they're doing it off of really low worker counts, and it's driving me crazy because it's hard to like play my style, get out onto the map, and do a lot of pressure, and there's a lot of threats of like run-bys, you could lose your Hellions, you could just like your entire 1-1 push could get wiped. So I, I'm i feeling like very hesitant right now going into a TBZ. Like I I almost feel mentally defeated whenever I start to hop into one at this point. Mm, yeah. Well, I think that's also pretty tough for the Terran to scout those kind of builds sometimes just because it's like, unless you're in a mineral line, like looking at the drones, sometimes you can still be surprised by like oh it's 20 28 lings here <laughs> it's always it's also funny to go back into the replays and watch the zerg and you, you see suddenly like 24 lings pop into the queue i'm just like no you should be droning right now what are you doing yeah i mean it's, it's something too where it's like it's a choice like mm -hmm. <laughs> like you know you know 85 percent of every zerg will, will hold down the drone key for like the first like six minutes of the game right but it's a choice and it can pay off it can also get shut down really hard but the the challenge is in is in knowing. Yeah, I'm glad that we had our practice matches because it gave me a, a little bit of just kind of trying to deal with that like Ling Flood style. I've, I've been feeling a little bit better since our practice matches, but it, it's still kind of, my, my heart is gripped with fear. 
yeah, no, I have I have things to say about our practice matches too. So I don't know. Oh, do <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much how much I'm going to ask you about it. But uh, yeah, no, hey, it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, they were good matches. You you were on fire. <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else or if you want to go into highlights or lowlights. Uh, we could we can hop into highlights and lowlights. I guess I can start with um the low light because it was a Zerg who did the went up to 65 drones and just like ling bang flood but he kind of went into it a little bit earlier than i expected so for those of you who haven't seen me play a tvz before i really really enjoy my hellbat one one pushes i like to try and keep the hellions safe i try to pressure as much as i can but it's scary out there the map is dark and full of dangers I was, you know, I was trying to get as much pressure in as I could. I was scared of rotating them because I didn't, I really didn't want to lose them. And I thought I saw a lot of lings out on the field. At some point, I just wound up losing most of them anyways, somewhere out on like the, uh, the left side of Jaganatha. So I was just like, ah, well, you know, shit, I, I still have to do my one, one push. I don't really have a choice. So I push out across the map with like the two hellbats that I saved. Um, we get to the other side of the map and he just like he just breaks me it was bad he he basically destroyed everything i got out with a couple of marines and then took them home and i'm just like well the only thing i can do now is kind of sit back and try to you know get up a decent force and then you know try to push across the map again when realistically i probably should have just been weathering the storm for a little while and i was sending out a widow mine drop just to do a little bit of damage and i didn't notice it but there was a massive white blob just kind of moving across the map next to my uh uh, next to my drop and at one point he uh the opponent even clicked on my medevac and started following it and i still didn't notice but they took the all of the lings and banes that they had ran them right into my natural killed my uh natural orbital and then ran into my main base and i was just like mm, i can't believe this i <laughs> this is bs and i gg'd out i was I was so annoyed with that. I was just like, I, like if I, you given me a little bit of time, maybe I could have made something happen. But he snuck in the, he snuck in the door. Yeah, I mean, the the surprise factor. I mean, it kind of goes both ways in ZVT. Like I've been surprised the other way too, where it's like, oh, Terran's like sieged at my third base, and I he just he came out of nowhere. <laughs> but it can also definitely happen the same way with just Lings being everywhere and um i know i know for me as a zurich too when like when you know the terran is like a little like lacking on vision or like lacking on map control like you feel so great because you're like this guy is gonna be tucked in his little corner he's gonna be staying at his third base he's gonna be wondering whether he should push or not and like it always feels really good as a zurich and um i understand how scary it must be as a terran yeah well like you said, it's it's about map control. So you really there's certain phases that you go through with that build. Like your your first phase is that you're trying to maintain map control with the Hellions, and once the Banshees come out, they're going to kind of add to that effort. They're going to be you know sniping drones where they can, sniping creep tumors, just whatever they can get their hands on. They're going to try and kill it. Um, after that, you get into your one one push, and then you better have map control as you're pushing across, or you're, you know you're going to have a really bad time because you don't know where their army is. Yeah, losing losing the first few Hellions was that was probably the initial nail in the coffin, honestly. And it's one of those things where the moment that happens, you're just like, well, I guess we're just gonna sit in our base then. Yeah, and and so what would be the major the major change that you would make if you could? 
Well, the major change would be to watch the damn mini-map. <laughs> <laughs> Just see it. Look see upon it. it with your eyes. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Because <laughs> it, it was like when I went back and watched it while I was doing some replay analysis... I was just like dumbfounded because it was a massive blob of Zerglings and Banelings. And like I, I have my opponent set to uh, the color white. So it was just like it contrast against, you know, Jagannatha. So I'm just like, how did I not see this? I'm usually decent at doing this kind of stuff. But um, keeping an eye on that would have been, you know, priority number one. Um, being more active with my Hellions and being better at like rotating around, sniping creep tumors where I can, just putting pressure onto the creep so that the opponent has to keep their Zerglings at home and, you know, potentially have to sacrifice them in order to get to my Hellions. Another thing would probably be, uh, be a little bit more active with my uh, Banshees because they, they kind of got some drone kills and then didn't really do anything else for the rest of the match. Probably also close my front door because that was annoying. Yeah, well, that'll happen. Uh, it's an unfortunate, unfortunate game, but happens to the best of us. And I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm sure you'll bounce back. I mean, it's going to happen again. Eventually, it, every once in a while I get killed that way. Every Terran has been killed that way. So it's, it's going to be ma more of a matter of try to keep it happening less. Oh, yeah. All right. You want to get in your... Uh... And your highlight here? Yeah, so I actually had trouble uh, picking my highlight. It was between a TVT and a TVP. I decided to go with the TVT because when I went back and looked at the TVP, I thought to myself, like, uh, all of this, like, I, like, it was a good game, but I didn't feel particularly special about it. For this TVT, it was on Oxide, and that's a you know, that's a fun map to play a TVT on. Oh, that's, it's so fun. The vision blockers, the tanks just suddenly popping out of nowhere. I've fought tanks on that map before, so it's okay. I understand. <laughs> Whenever I play TVT, I tend to kind of mix up my builds on ladder. I don't, I couldn't particularly tell you why. Just some days I'm feeling like, oh, I'll just, I'll do three Reaper, two Hellion today. Or, oh, I'll just Reaper fast expand. You know, every once in a while, I just kind of switch it up. Today was, you know, a Reaper Fast expand off of a double gas. I don't remember which pro was doing this, but there's, there's been one pro that would get a Hellion and then follow it up with a mine. And Oxide is surprisingly good for that because you can hide the mine, you know, in the weeds and stuff. And as they're coming across, they're going to trip it. So, um, you know, I was doing that and I kept two uh, Reapers kind of active on the map looking around, making sure that he wasn't trying to sneak anything by me. And then I saw the opponent sending their three Reaper to Hellion at me. So I'm just like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'll put the mine, you know, right at the top of the ramp at my natural. I'll load my bunker up. It's fine. I see this coming. It's all good. Um, lo and behold, he tries to run by the bunker, doesn't see the mine, trips it. Like opponent doesn't even get a single kill on my SCV line. Not a single kill. I was so psyched that I just bopped that so hard and didn't take any damage from it. At that point, I decided, you know, oh, well, this is fantastic. I'd take my third base unimpeded and, you know, we'll just continue the match. So the Reapers continue to kind of bounce around and they happen to see opponents sending, you know, Marine tank Viking army at me. It's like, you know, two, three tanks, kind of a, the standard push. But I noticed they were coming down like the right side of the map. So I was thinking, okay, cool. I'll just move the Widow Mine over there. We'll bury it and, uh, you know, everything will be good. I'll kill a couple of Marines coming in. It'll be fine. Uh, little did I know the opponent 
was terrified of that mine and scanned for it. And it's the funniest thing to watch on the replay because uh, the opponent walks up, scans, sees the mine, and immediately like beelines to the other side. And it, it it did catch me off guard a little bit as I was landing my base. So I picked, you know, I picked it back up. Thankfully, I already had siege tanks, and I kind of had an idea of where the opponent was going to attack me. So they tried to move up into like so that they could siege into my main. And there were already siege tanks there. They they popped all of those. Um, a couple of ravens went in, cleaned up the rest of it. And I was psyched because like I'm taking very minimal damage. This is usually a part of TVT that I struggle with. Like I am killing it right now i'm gonna take all of my stuff and just go across the map so i get across the map and opponent is still scared because as soon as i got across the map they put up a sensor tower as soon as i was crossing towards their base so you know they immediately react they sieged up and everything so the very first thing i did was just like oh we're packing it up we're going to rotate across the map and they were trying to be greedy and take a fourth base so i just like i literally walked up killed the base they tried to push up the ramp to, you know, dislodge my forces, and I just destroyed them, and they left. Fantastic stuff. You and your trusty, your trusty widow mine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just going to be part of my TBT play from now on because that thing was a lifesaver. The funny thing was is that somebody in chat like popped in as I was, uh, you know, finishing the match, and they were just like, "Did I just step into like the most one-sided TBT ever?" I'm just like, I, "Yeah, I guess so." I think it's I think it's hilarious too when uh, you can tell how afraid your opponent is based on certain actions and choices they make. Um, I personally love this when like I see a guy who just makes like three bunkers and I'm just like, oh, we don't even need to attack anymore. Like, who knows what that guy played in the last TVT? It might have been some mass mind craziness or something, but it's just funny too, where it's just like you could tell he was he's been burned by that mind already in that game and probably earlier in that day if i had to wager but uh hey that's a great dub it's always nice when you have control too and you feel like even though they're trying to do some weird like greedy thing to get back in that if you have enough control you just you just nip it in the bud you know all right dan it's time uh, for your ladder escapades how has it been treating you uh but it's okay uh like i i, I hear the i hear that version of the okay what's up buddy what's going on Here's the thing is that, look, we did the I'm coming back from a break episode last time, which is two weeks ago. Uh, and on that day, the previous day before that, I had a really good day. I crushed so many people in so many different ways. I was I was on top of it. Um, and then it, it slowly kind of worked its way back down. So I was at like three eight on that on two weeks ago from today. Uh, and now I'm back at like three six ish. But I've been at 3.6 for a couple of sessions now. It's hilarious because every time I start my session, I pretty much go like, all right, it's the MMR recovery day. And <laughs> and then it's just like the same kind of like washout, like some good, some bad. And I'm just like, well, we're still 3.6. Okay. Like, and you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just learning to be okay with that. And I'm realizing that there are certain mechanical things that are just not as automatic as they used to be and i really think that's probably the biggest factor as far as keeping me at this uh at this mmr and also sometimes i'm just trying dumb stuff but i really do think it's just like mechanics and not getting you know three and a half minute supply blocks or whatever like it, it's those things that are really beating me up the most and i feel it you know i just need to be like oh yeah getting blocked at 44 not a good plan regardless of how you want to play the game that is not a good plan um and it just uh 
you know, it's it's those kind of mistakes that just keep uh they just keep happening and uh <laughs> it's up to me, you know. Yeah, that's rough to hear, man. I'm sorry about that. It it's kind of funny because I also went on like like after our our uh episode like I went on a really big losing streak coming off of my break. And I mean, we've all been there. We've all had those, you know, you 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 come off of a really good session and you just have a bunch of really bad ones. Uh, it's it is kind of just you know part of the thing um are you doing anything to kind of alleviate that are you doing are there any kind of drills that you're doing is there anything you're trying to focus on really hard whenever you're playing uh yeah i mean i think the biggest things i'm doing is i'm just trying to get the build ironed out a little bit more and um I'll, i'll talk about these games later too but a lot of the games that i played with you too where it was like i was focusing on certain things mainly things like overlord vision and Hellion zoning and like, you know, just moving the Queens in the right spot and preventing the dive and and keeping the lings in the right spot. Like, like that whole creep dance was something I was really working on, but then I'm looking at the games and I'm like, I was supply blocked like twice while doing it. And while I think I did a great job zoning the Hellions, knowing where the Hellions are, getting the creep tumors down, swinging around to to get the Hellions on the other side, swinging back around for the other side. Like, I thought that was all great, but I was like, I was supply blocked during it multiple times. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, that probably shouldn't happen. You know, it could have just been a lot better if I wasn't. But, um, you know, focus on one thing to, to fail at another. And that's pretty typical. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like putting together a puzzle, honestly. Like, the pieces will fall into place eventually. Yeah, yeah. So, again, I'm I'm doing a lot of just build grinding and just getting it back to where it was. Because, again, I, I feel like I, I always try to get my build to be as automatic as possible. Because then I can actually make strategic choices, right? And I can actually be like, uh, let's do this or let's do this. Because if I'm just languishing about my early supply blocks i don't really get anything else done you know yeah absolutely uh do you have any matchups that you're struggling with or any that you feel really super confident in uh not really zvz has been giving me a lot of trouble and uh it's one of these things too where it's like i'm a ling bane guy a lot of the time and i just keep running into other ling bane people and when that happens there's always this weird awkwardness where it's like both of us want to be on the other side of the map, but one of us also should probably make the choice to stay at home and defend, right? And if you decide that too early or you decide that while your opponent has already committed to be on the other side, then it's like, it just gets weird. And it really just comes down to how how the control and how the situation goes. Uh, and uh, it hasn't been going my way. And uh, <laughs> I've, I've been, I'm like, you know, well live by the bane die by the bane you know that's that's just kind of how you kind of have to accept that when you when you agree to the ling bane wars in zvz and uh it's been beating me up man ah oh, man that's rough to hear eventually you'll bounce back like it's only a matter of time a matter of a little bit of more practice yeah 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 and, and you know i've i've been at this mmr before so like i i know how to get out of this mmr uh again uh it's just not it's just not happening right now but i'm also like it's fine I'm not I'm not sweating about it. It's just uh it's just the state the state of where I'm at, you know what I'm saying? I think it's pretty common to like anytime I take a break, I remember listening to your guys talk about taking a break and coming back with a fresh mind and you know new strategies and 
you know, playing so much better. I'm like, what? That's the exact opposite of me. Every time I take a break, like my mechanics go to trash. I forget how to play Terran. And, you know, I just die to everything that my opponent does to me. So <laughs> I always drop like 100 or 200 MMR when I come back from a break. Even if I'm off racing, it's like, oh my god, how do you play Terran again? <laughs> so yeah, like I need to constantly be playing or else it just all goes, you know, to garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do feel a little bad about that episode because I definitely was coming off of like a win streak and feeling really good about myself and just like, yeah. Like, coming off of the break is awesome. And then after that episode, just going on a lose streak, I'm just like, I hate coming back from breaks. Yeah. I Well, I think here's one of the things that I've kind of noticed is that it's this weird version of, like, I have, like, clarity sometimes in the strategic decisions. But what I'm realizing now is that my mechanics are just not good. <laughs> like like that's just and that's kind of the gatekeeper even though when i come back from a break like i can think about the game better like in the moment like i still like can't not get supply blocked the way i did before you know and it's like i don't know i don't know why they feel so separate sometimes but it's definitely something i've noticed you know yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah i feel like there's kind of this happy medium that you get to eventually where you still have that kind of like clear mind but you're also have like shaking the rust off and you're just you feel good whenever you're playing like you you know nailing injects or you know your chrono boosts are always on time your bio splits are perfect it, like eventually you probably will hit that happy medium yeah well uh, anyways uh <laughs> we'll, we'll go into the low light the low light for me was i mean it was kind of weird I, I picked it as a so i won the game but i picked it as a low light because i was just it was just not a satisfying win <laughs> Um, and just to give you the beat by beat, so like I, uh, it was a ZVT, I think it was, it was probably on Oxide, I want to say, uh, but I did my Roach pressure opener and we did a lot, like we did some damage. Uh, I want to say I killed like 17 SCVs and like was just, uh, it's it more than enough, more than enough to win the game. And it's, it's one of those where it's like, well, I guess he's going to stay in the game. Okay. Uh, let's just, uh, let's just play this out. So like I'm, I'm playing it out, but, um, I will give my opponent credit is that he did everything that he should have been doing in that situation. And I was so lazy and sloppy because I did so much damage. I was just like, you know, like the liberator comes in and the liberator kills like six drones. And I'm just like, ah, it's all right. I have like, I have like 48 drones right now and, and it's fine. Uh, and then like the lib, uh, goes into another base and gets more than it probably should. Uh, and then like the hellions dove into my third and my Queens were just out of position. And like, it's, it's all of this stuff where, and then, and then I get that thought in my mind where it's like, oh my God, I'm, am I throwing this game? Uh, and because honestly, he, he did everything right. And like, even the way he took his third was, was very like conservative and straightforward. And I don't know if, if he did this because of the situation, but I think it's the right call anyways. He was going for more of a mech composition just to take his third, honestly. Like that's really, if you take that much damage, that, that's really your only option for, for surviving that long. And I was worried because I, I know what it's like. Like once that mech player can like get eight tanks, and like sit at three bases, your job becomes a lot more challenging. And uh, <laughs> it was just, it was just a mess. And I'm not happy with how I played it. We did manage to close it out just because he made a couple of mistakes with how he extended his tanks. And and again, I, I had a lot of supply, so like I, I could throw Roach Ravager at it and it would be fine. But you know, we killed some of the exterior tanks. We denied the third once, and then we denied it later. And then we we were able to close it out there eventually. But 
it, it's one of these things too where where I think my my knowledge of the game situation kind of made me play lazy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my knowledge that this game was basically one made me be really like again i had spores they just they just didn't take it seriously enough you know and like i had queens for defense but like the hellions just still got in you know and it's just uh it's just funny because i i feel like that stuff shouldn't happen and uh good good job to my opponent he he knew how to play from a deficit those wins are always weird like i never know exactly how to feel because i i know the the exact ones that you're talking about where you like you take a little bit of damage but you're just like i don't care I really don't like. I really don't care. I'm going to kill you in a few minutes here, anyways. Yeah. I was there a reason why you were feeling kind of like lackadaisical about the about the match, or did you just felt super confident? Yeah. I mean, it's it's the amount of SCV. I saw the amount of SCVs that died in the beginning. You know, like I I was there. You know, and it's one of those ones too, where it's like I kill like two Hellions randomly as well. I killed all these SCVs. Uh, you know, I may, I think I blew up a bunker or two with corrosive bile just, just cause I could, you know, it's extra money for me. Yeah. Good job to my opponent. He, he made me sweat. We got the win still, but I was, I was very sweaty. Is there, is there anything that you take away from that game? I don't know. I, I think it also just kind of illustrates how some of like my basic fundamentals just aren't really there because again, I feel very solid in the fact that like, if I'm that far ahead, I should take no damage, you know, like. I should have enough queens and I should have enough vision to just make sure, like, even if he wants to YOLO the Hellions in, I should still be like, like right there, you know? And, you know, it's just a, it's just a sloppiness thing and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, what about the highlights? What have you got for us on that front? Yeah, so I don't have a specific game, but I was actually pretty happy with the, uh, the series that we played uh, the other day just because uh, it was me playing Hydraling Bane which like it's uh I haven't played it in forever. Like I used to play it all the time. Like even even like like I played it all throughout platinum. Most most of my lower diamond uh I played Lingbane all the time. Uh and it was just kind of different to go back to it. I also think it's good practice for me because it's mechanically a lot more challenging because as a zerg it's really just like do you inject and do you spread creep? Do you do those things very well? You'll be okay. Like you won't win the game, but like you'll be okay. Um, and again, as someone returning from a break, it, I felt like my injects were so bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was like, Hey, it, it's good practice for me to practice this. And it's a, you know, it's, it's a solid style. So I, I felt like practicing it and, uh, w we played what, like four games or something like that. I, I won. I think, it was, I think it was three. Yeah. We played three. I won the first one. Then I lost the two, the second two in pretty much the exact same way. <laughs> um, I also, when I looked at I looked at the replays too, just to like look at them generally. And the first game, if if you're in my stream during the first game, I was probably just being like, "Yeah, this was reckless." Like, <laughs> like I felt like every droning decision I made in that first game was reckless. But when I looked at the replay, I'm like, "No, actually, this is like proper. This is proper ZVT droning." <laughs> Uh, but it felt reckless because again, uh, when you're doing roach, you don't need to you don't need to press it, press the drone key quite quite as stiffly. Um, and you definitely don't need the fourth base economy, but I got it really quickly in that game. And that's the game I won where I just, I just had a lot of banes and we took some good engagements. And then the last two, I was happy with them minus a couple of things. The things I'll say I was really happy with and really impressed that I still kind of had the ability to do is the whole creep queen hellion dance game that you play in ZVT. 
because that's a very specific like micro mini game that you really just, you have to you just have to be on top of a lot of different things i feel like in that situation and uh, i felt great i felt smooth just just really on top hellions not even not even really making me worry just because i always knew where they were i had the queens in the right spot i had links to punish if there's a dive you know it's it's that kind of thing but i was supply blocked pretty much every time so it's like i did something great but you know room for improvement but again i i kind of expected that um again also because it's it's a different slightly different style uh and then the two games that i lost i lost in the exact same way so it's kind of a relief because it's something that's relatively easy to fix because I lost them pretty much the same way. I just made Link Bane and then forgot to make more than 55 drones every time. <laughs> because, you know, you can get away with that when you're making roaches. Like, who cares? It's not that big of a deal. But uh, for Ling Bane, I just, you just run out of money. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I was trading okay. I thought, you know, I was getting okay Bane Link connections, but it's like, I, I literally have no money and then I just die slowly and you have three, three and just stim in and I explode, you know, tell the people how many SCVs you killed in that last game. Oh yeah. What was it? hundred, hundred something, hundred, 115. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I will say I did feel, I felt great about run buys too, about map awareness, about engagement stuff. But again, I did all of these cool moves off of 55 drones. <laughs> which i do not i do not recommend that at all <laughs> as somebody who was on the receiving end of that like definitely like the 115 scvs really put a damper on my mood during the game there were also a couple of times where you know you would run by i'm just like fuck i knew he would do that damn it oh, yeah the run bys and the oh he's gonna push now so we'll just be ready for when he pushes i felt i felt very cool about that and again like that those kind of moves are the ones where i'm like Oh yeah, Ling Bane. It's fun. I remember that this is fun, and you're just blowing stuff up everywhere, diving bases here and there. Um, but again, it's just a it's just a different style, and uh, you know I'll probably keep keep working at it. But uh, it's fun. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, do we have any other uh, closing thoughts on our latter experience? Anything at all, Shu Yi? Nothing really comes to mind, but this is really insightful because I'm trying to learn my off races too, so I'm picking up a lot of Zerg tips here. <laughs> uh, what about from you, Dan? Uh, no, I mean, you know, hey, the, the, the journey continues. The climb continues as it, as it does, you know. All right, so tonight's topic is going to be about tournaments that aren't necessarily, you know, your GSLs, your ESLs and whatnot. We're going to be talking about kind of grassroots tournaments where, you know, anybody from all walks of these StarCraft II ladder life can participate in them. And this has been a topic that we've been rolling around in our heads for quite some time, but we we really wanted to bring on somebody who is fairly well-versed. And, you know, Shu Yi was definitely like one of the first people to pop in our mind. She's She's been playing in a lot of tournaments and she's even won. So how many have you won at this point? Uh, six this year so far. Yeah, she she's won. She's won six dimes. It's more than I've played in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Dan and I have dabbled in them a little bit. You know, we play in the NSGSL. I've done Pika Pals and uh, a couple of Berserk Diamond tournaments. But Shu Yi is like our resident expert on the topic. So we're super happy to have her in tonight. We're super happy that we can get to pick her brain a little bit and see kind of what you know, if, if you're Diamond or if you're below Diamond, like what can you expect if you hop into it? into a tournament so i guess the first question is shu yi how do you find these tournaments 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think the first tournament um, that I played in, was it the Pikapo? I don't know if I played in any, I no, I must have played in some. I think I played in, it's kind of all in the community and through networking. Pikapo was the first tournament I won. But before that, I played in these regular ones that the streamer called Nijanix used to hold. He'd hold like Diamond 2, Diamond 1, Diamond 3, which was really nice because you see a lot of like open tournaments, which is all full of GMs, right? And then sometimes a Masters tournament, sometimes a Diamond tournament. But this guy had these bracketed off tournaments for people of very specific levels. So you actually felt like you had a good chance. And I think that's probably some of my first tournament experiences. That and NSGSL. It's funny because the first ones I play in, I take super, super seriously. And it's like, oh my God, my entire reputation's on the line. I can't disappoint everyone I know. But then after like the first, I don't know, 10 tournaments I play in, it's like, you know what? Nobody cares. I don't care. It's just like another custom against a stranger or somebody whose name I've heard a few times. And like when you go in with that attitude where it's like, I got nothing to lose but everything to gain, like it just makes it so much more natural to, to play because... If you lose, nobody cares. Like, who's watching? Nobody even knows that this exists. Like, maybe three people who are in the tournament. And if you win, it's like, oh, cool. I get either points or, like, small reputation gains or, you know, sometimes a little bit of money, like five bucks or ten bucks. So, like, if you think of it that way, like, you just go into it so much more relaxed. But anyway, yeah, so it's mostly networking is how I find them. One of the things that I thought was hilarious was that this was months ago, but there was like a couple weeks where like I felt like every time I checked Twitter, Shuyi was like, oh, hey, I won another tournament. Cool. <laughs> and I was like, she is tearing up the diamond tournament scene. Like, again, and they were like, they would be tournaments that are like spaced out by like three days. And she's like, oh, I guess I won again. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, go get it. Crush it. Uh, it was it was exciting. And uh that's also why I envision Shuyi is just this tournament destroyer. And like, I have a question too. So like, were you, do you remember being like really nervous for your first few? I was so nervous. I even remember all my first opponents. I remember one of the first ones, NSGSL, because like, it's not just strangers anymore, right? Like these are my friends, my coaches, people I respect, and I really care about what they think. So I think that's why I cared so much about that one in particular. And when I had to play, I think I remember I had to play against Aira and like, there were a couple of really high stakes matches and when I won, it was like the best feeling ever. And whenever I lost a game, I was like, no, how could I have let that happen? Yeah, those were, they stick out in my memory a lot. But I think it's definitely a higher pressure when, when you go into a tournament full of your friends than a tournament where it's all randos or people whose name you've heard once or twice. Because yeah, when it's a tournament full of your friends, it's like, well, I can't let these people down. I can't change their perception of me. You know, it's just, it's definitely a little bit more pressure in those situations. Yeah, it's actually it's it's actually weird that you say that because I actually do feel more stressed out during NSGSL like playing in the NSGSL tournament than I do about any other tournament. There there's about 20% fear of hitting Helium Bunny in the bracket and I know she'll kill me. <laughs> but um cuz like these are people that you've practiced with, you know them very well. It's it, it's really hard to describe why it feels a little bit more stressful, but it is, is because you, you really feel like you have something more to prove to like, you know, your peers, your friends. The one thing I'll say is I, I remember being so nervous. Like the, the first few times I ever like played, like even, even the, the first thing I think I ever did that was like competitive or tournament ish was I did a show match with Aeret and I, my hands were literally shaking the whole time. Like, I, <laughs> and like, I, I'd felt that kind of nervousness before, like for like judo competition or like 
other like weird public speaking things, like huge, like huge levels of anxiety. And um, that persisted for like the first like two or three times I ever had like, you know, quote unquote competitive matches with people. Like the first time I played uh, my Natsugosu League matches, I was a wreck. And like I kept like like self detonating my banes, which I think is the biggest like tell for me that I'm nervous because it's 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 just it just happens in my mechanics and like it it also just shows how like frantic and uh, terrified I was and uh, it it was it was brutal. Um, but eventually, once I did a couple more, it it really uh, the my ability to focus in a in a competition setting has has changed so completely. Like I feel very good about it like i feel like i can go in with a plan even if i don't think it's a good plan i can go in with a plan and and not be nervous like sure i'm a little i'm a little jittery maybe but i'm not nervous in the like terrified way that i was before you know i think that if you're looking to join tournaments i think it's good to practice that and to get that like terror out of your system because it does take some time i feel like and it takes some some reps you know yeah, I definitely agree and can relate to a lot of that. I, I think I it took me a lot of tries in tournaments. I don't think I've ever won a Nijanix tournament. I think I joined a few Diamond 3, Diamond 2, even Diamond 1 tournaments because that's the cap, right? So I, even though I was below it, I joined it at the time. And yeah, I think I maybe have gotten close, maybe third place. or, But I definitely remember vividly like being really nervous or... And sometimes I do quite well. And then the times that I do well would be really encouraging for me to like, oh, hey, I can I can perform well under pressure. And then, yeah, it's just one of those things about, um, I, I think I heard a quote once about confidence, like it comes with experience. You can't just have it out of nothing, right? So of course, the first time you're in a brand new situation, you don't have confidence because you have no idea what it's like. But once you survive it and you come out of it with extra experience and knowing, hey, I, I, I survived it, I'm okay. And I even gained something from it. So once you get over that fear and the unknown, then it just becomes more natural. And the more comfortable you are in it, like it, it really pays off in your performance as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I did have a question for you. Once you're in these tournaments, like usually you're going to have uh, like the bracket's going to be set up for you and you're going to have a little bit of time to get a chance to kind of look for your opponents and um well, I, I guess it depends uh, tournament to tournament. Like in SGSL, you usually have like a week to uh, get your opponents and uh, you have some time, to, you have a lot of time, I should say, to actually scout your opponent and see like what they, what do they like to play? What do they don't like to play? What do they struggle with? Whenever it comes to scouting these opponents and seeing what they're weak to and preparing for stuff like that, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, I definitely think um, you, you should take any advantage you get, right? It's Starcraft is one of those games where we're, we're trained to capitalize on any sort of advantage we can get and if someone is going to leave their match history open and, and not and show their build order like what's going to stop me from looking through their past games and looking at their build orders right if they if they don't think to hide it why should I not take that opportunity so that's why anytime I do a custom for any reason even if it's the most boring build I will always hide my build order which I realize if I'm playing a if I play in ladder games, they'll still scout that. But if I can take away any advantage from my opponent, I'm going to do it. So um, that definitely helps for people who I've never seen before. Um, I'll go through their match history real quick, even if it's just one minute. I'll like quickly find one of the matchups that we're going to play in. For example, like TVT or like PVT or something and see what they do. And I'm like, oh God, this guy's a dirty proxy voider. So now, like, even if I saw one in their history, 
I'll be like, okay, now I have to like go through how do you defend like those seconds can make a huge difference. And um, so yeah, any any sort of advantage you can get actually pays off big time. And luckily in the diamond tournament scene, a lot of people like we know each other, we're friends, or we played against each other. Even if we're not friends, we are very familiar with how each other's playstyles are. So for example, I'll see a name, I'll be like, oh yeah, they're gonna roach rush me, or oh, they're gonna two base mute on me, or they're gonna either cheese or they're gonna macro. And even if you know, like, oh, are they gonna choose or macro? Because usually people fall into one or the other, rarely both. The, even if you know that, that gives you such a huge advantage into like going into the game, how you're gonna play it. So yeah, I I tend to know the diamond community pretty well. So anytime I see a player, I'm like, oh yeah, they're gonna proxy two gay, proxy void me. So like, I'll still lose to it usually. But just knowing like the person and what they're going to do, it actually makes a huge difference. So it's funny how the diamond tournament community is kind of like a larger version of NSGSO. Like after a while you get to know each other. And if you don't just look through their match history, like that's not against the rules. You're perfectly allowed to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually really good advice. I, I, th I think you actually, I'm pretty sure you told me that before. And I, whenever I go into like new tournaments and stuff, I've, kind of gotten into the habit of trying to like poke through really quick like even if you can see how long their average game is can be a, a pretty big indicator because i remember when i was doing my first uh, berserker diamond league i got matched with another terran and all i had to do is look through his match history real quick and i saw that it was all of these like short games in customs i'm just like oh oh no and i could you know prepare a defense for you know some kind of shenanigans and i actually wound up win, uh, winning my first match i think i think there's there's so many like flavors of player you know like there's so many like oh he's you know he's a two-based guy or like oh you know he does a robo all the time or whatever like even knowing that even if it's wrong just having that information in your head like it does amazing things for your expectations within the game even if it is surprising that they're doing something different like even if you just know it's going to be like a three base setup versus like a he's a pylon forge guy or something like it's it, they're completely different stances you have to assume as the player in there and you know i'm guilty of this too where uh i'm facing someone in the natsugosu league and i ask healy like hey just give me just give me the bullet points you know and just like what's what's their deal like <laughs> uh because it it's incredible it's incredible information and um it also can frame your preparation, you know? Yeah, definitely. And most people in Diamond League, we're not like pro players who know every new build and are making up our own creative build, right? Like we usually stick to our comfort zone in a tournament, we want to win. So people, if they're strong at cheesing, they're going to cheese you. If they're a strong macro player, they're going to macro. They might pull out one trick, but at the end of the day, people stick with what they're good at. So if you kind of know what a person's like, like they're pretty easy to counter when you go into a tournament match against them. So I want to pull on that thread uh, just a little bit. Would you say you've become a more well-rounded player from tournaments or have you just have you tried to just kind of stick to your guns and be a macro player? Definitely. I think that's probably what's helped me the most actually because um in tournaments especially when I was losing a lot at the beginning in the Nijanix tournaments, I would watch the people who cast my replays and watch when they say, "Oh yeah, she's not doing this. That's not how you respond to that." I'm like, "Okay, well now I I'm going to work on how to respond to this and I haven't died to a road rush in a long time. So that was the example of what they were criticizing my build on. And then, um, so like just play in tournaments and you die to all sorts of weird stuff because people tend to be cheesy in tournaments, right? They'll, they'll do weird builds to throw you off. And 
I, I'm just constantly trying to work on ways to not die to things because that's how you get better. So as I've played in more tournaments, I've, you know, found out more common builds and cheeses to try to counter. And so I have very specific scouting timings now and like I know how to deal with very specific cheeses. And so, yeah, just being more bulletproof, I guess, to things that people in Diamond League can throw at you. I think that's probably improved my gameplay more than anything else. Well, I, there are other things like sharpening my builds and, um, you know, just making sure my macro is on point and then grinding like micro trainer and stuff like that. But playing in tournaments has kind of brought it all together, too, because at the end of the day, like you can have a good build, you can be good at micro. But like, what does it take to win? Like you got to. You gotta know your opponent, you gotta know what it takes to win a specific game, and just being exposed to various playstyles and various builds, I think that's definitely helped me tighten up like my overall gameplay a lot. So yeah, I think it's helped me quite a bit. Have you tried to kind of throw in any cheeses whenever you play, if you know that somebody tends to be particularly weak against cheese, or...? Yeah, yeah, so the last time I won against uh, Benefit in, in the Pika Pau tournament, which I feel terrible for, because people usually know me as a macro player and sometimes I'll lose to a stupid cheese and I'll get really mad about it, as most people do once in a while, but then we get over it and realize that cheese is just a part of the game. But um, So I was playing against Benefit, who's a very, very strong player. He did end up making Masters really soon after that, or before that, I don't remember. But um, anyway, so he went into it completely thinking I was a macro player, because throughout the tournament, everyone's like, oh yeah, she's a macro player. She does well in the late game. She She's not a dirty cheeser. And what do I do? I cheese him every single game, except the one game that I lost against him. And somehow I won the series against him. And I was like, what? That's it? Like, it felt too short because I threw so many cheeses and they all worked because it completely blindsided him. And yeah, I feel really, really dirty about it. But he was a good sport. He didn't care. He's like, that's just part of the game. But I was like, oh, I'm a terrible person. But, you know, in a tournament, like, you do what it takes to win, and if they don't see it, that as a possibility at all, then that's kind of in your favor, you know? Yeah, I have I have, I have, have two things. I have two things I really want to say. So one, I love that because I also love Scarlet, and Scarlet is, I think she does the best job of making people expect certain things and giving them another thing, right? Where it's like, Oh yeah, Scarlet, she loves like 85 drones and just, you know, all queens and like no units and but she can also do random cheeses that just kill people who are trying to cut corners, right? And and I think that's such a powerful tool when you're going into a series and it also like it's also like that that you get to put on that little cheeky grin when you pull off a win from it and it's it's so fantastic. And <laughs> this this is the other thing I want to say is that uh, as an example, uh, for myself, look, I am a macro, mostly macro person. I don't like, like, I'll do it, you know, aggressive openers or whatever, but like, I don't like the cheeses, like the super early cheeses, because as a Zerg, it hurts you a lot, and I don't enjoy that. But I made it to the semifinals one time, and I was like, we're going to 11-12 all the time, who cares? You know, I'm, I'm very willing to uh, sell out my macro morality uh if i'm that deep in a tournament because i also knew the player i was playing i was playing sappho and very scary zerg very intimidating macro capabilities and i'm like this is this is my best path if i do 12 11 uh lings and banes as fast as i can get them uh, i stand a good chance and uh it, i was happy with it and i didn't feel bad at all <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah honestly it's a smart strategy like if you and that brings up another point like benefits obviously are really solid all-around player very strong macro very strong late game and you do not want to play a tbp late game with a very strong very good protoss player so i think that was another reason why i choose a he didn't expect it b i don't want to play him in the late game so yeah it's good to I think the nice thing about a tournament player is it's like a meta version of a StarCraft game because not only is it one StarCraft game, it's a series. So you got to think about like, how do I want to plan the series of games and not just going into the game, what do I want to do? But like, you think of them as a player and like, how can I take the series from them? And so, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, shaping shaping for a series is is very different than shaping for one ladder game. And it's it's fun like i really enjoy it when i'm prepping for tournaments too because it's also like i can be like all right on this map i like to do this but if if i get this map for game one i'm gonna do this to set the tone <laughs> you know like i'm gonna do my most crazy build on this map if it's game one because i that's what i want to do you know and it, i i always love playing around with that stuff it makes me feel like a pro gamer um and i feel uh, supremely cool when I'm like, all right, game one, here's the plan. Game two, we're going to hit him with this. And like, even if it doesn't work, it's, it, I just feel cool, you know? So like, that's also one of the things where I'm like, yeah, just go out for tournaments. Like it's fun in that way. Uh, even if you're losing or even if you're planning out like dumb builds, like it's still a lot of fun and it's still very rewarding. Uh, and again, we're all just trying to, uh, you know, live action role play as professional gamers. And, uh, it's, it's a blast. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so once you've kind of done some mental prep work for your uh, tournament matches, especially if you if you know your opponent ahead of time, what do you do to actually prepare for it, to like physically prepare for it? Yeah, um, you know, to be honest, a lot of the tournaments I play in, it's kind of like I join last minute and and I see who my opponent is like a few few minutes before the the games begin. So it's not really like. The NSGSL where you have like a full week to prepare for each opponent that you know you will be up against. Um, so I guess just um, playing ladder is is my main way. The only ex exception is kind of like the weekly, like the DLC, for example, the Diamond, Diamond League Championship. Sometimes you'll have like three people you have to play in a week or one person you have to play in a week. Um, and only if I'm really scared of what they're going to bring to the table, then I'll specifically practice something I'm weak at. For example, Proxy Void, which I've probably practiced like 10 hours of my life on that already. But um, yeah, no, otherwise I just I just go into it like not even knowing who I'm playing until like 10 minutes before the match starts. So yeah, most tournaments, most tournaments, you don't really know who your opponent is until right before it starts. It's actually funny that you mentioned DLC because I remember that we met during uh, one of their finals and that... <laughs> My entire prep work was just like, I have to be the best macro Terran player. Yeah, it definitely helps for sure if you if you know exactly who you're playing against. But sometimes I have so many tournaments going on and then I join one last second. So yeah, unless it's like a specific person who I've never beaten before and, and I know what they're going to do and I never win against it. Like usually I'll just go into it like, you know, just like, oh, I guess we'll just try our best today and see what happens. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because I I'm on the side of like I love the preparation part of it. For if someone were to ask me like, "Hey Dan, do you want to play in this tournament tomorrow?" I would be like, "No," <laughs> like like it, like I just need more like time to like mentally process that I'm like playing competitive matches in StarCraft because like I don't know I just I just need that 
And again, I think it's also because I do a lot of the not the NSGSL stuff where I have so much time to like digest it and like think about it and think about like the possibilities. But if someone was like, hey, do you want to play a best of three tomorrow? I'd be like, mm, I'm okay. <laughs> like, like, and that's, that's a very me thing where it's like, I just need, I just need to think about it. Even if I know the player or if I, I'm not going to know the player, I still just need time to just be okay with the idea of it. Um, so, you know, I'm always, I'm impressed when you can just be like, oh yeah, I'll play in it. Sure. Like I said, it's just desensitization. Like after a while you realize that there's really nothing to lose and nobody really cares. So if you win, that's great. If you lose, nobody cares. So <laughs> once you get that attitude out of it, it's like, you know, it's it's like nothing. You just play it, and it's just another weeknight. <laughs> I guess another follow up question would be: uh, since ladder matches and tournament matches are wildly different comparatively, they're completely different. Would you recommend uh, lower league players to find a tournament that they might be interested in and compete in it? Yeah, I think it wouldn't hurt like i said you don't really have anything to lose like i i get initially it's pretty scary like the prospect of your friends finding out that you got in a tournament and maybe like dropped out in the first match or whatever but i think earlier dan mentioned something about oh it like brings back feelings of public speaking and just like nervousness and everything and that's funny because i remember this is really different from starcraft but I've done stand-up comedy for like multiple years and I haven't done it in two years because of the pandemic, obviously. And I moved to a place where there's no stand-up comedy, but um, I'm, I, I feel really comfortable on stage and I love stand-up comedy. And I love the skills I've learned from it. And like I said, how like at first it's really scary, but then you realize that nobody really cares. Like even if you bomb in front of a room full of like 15 people at an open mic, like they're going to cringe, but then they're going to go home and like think about dinner and like immediately forget that you even exist, right? So the only person that's feeling the humiliation is you. And if you can get over that easily because you're doing what you love and it's really important to you that you're going to get better at this, then you're just benefiting from it and you're not really losing anything. So I think even if you're a you know lower level player like I don't know silver or something like obviously there's a lot of area to improve right and if there are tournaments available like yeah you're, there's nothing you can lose by joining it it'll probably be fun like the casters will probably roast you and then you can watch the replay and learn what to get better on and then you'll get over that nervousness a little bit which we'll get on ladder sometimes as well so the more comfortable you feel playing in high stakes situations that that's only going to help you because then you know, the less nervous you feel, the more clearly you're going to think and the more natural you're going to feel. And so if you can, if you can get that confidence, either from a tournament or play more ladder, like, yeah, I definitely think you should go for it. If, if that's something you're not feeling like you're going to lose too much from, like, I guess some people might feel nervous about it. But if in the end, like, you care more about having fun and improving, then yeah, then go for it for sure. Yeah, I think I think there's a huge amount of benefits for going out for competition. I didn't even really believe that until I did it. I didn't believe that there was that much to gain for me because I was like, oh, whatever, I'm diamond. Who cares? I'm bad. I'm bad at the game. You know, it's the stuff we always say. But it's like the gains that I have made from doing competitive matches with other players is tremendous. I also think you can surprise yourself with how capable you are in certain situations because I know I have certainly pulled out wins in competition that I would have never imagined possible and um, very satisfying games more satisfying than I could ever have anticipated you know it's one of these things too where it's like now I'm just like if someone asked me like hey should I do this tournament I'm like yeah do it 
Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You get own own dude and then move on with your life? Like, <laughs> or maybe you have a, a sick run and you impress yourself and you pull off amazing things, you know? So um, I totally agree with that. I'd just like to shout out my, uh, wait, was I was like third place in the first shooty showdown, right? Anyways, I just wanted to flaunt. Oh, I wanted to flaunt that real quick. <laughs> That's a really impressive finish. No, I I remember I remember I remember getting eliminated from that tournament and then like checking the bracket and just being like, "Oh, Will's Will's still going and he's tearing it up. Yeah. He's tearing it up." <laughs> I was I was so pumped. It's also it's just so satisfying to see one of your friends just like slugging their way through the bracket and like, "Oh, yeah, no, it's great." Oh, yeah. Honestly, like casting the two of you going through like the NSGSL brackets, like it, it, it genuinely pumps me up. I mean, I, I feel pumped up, you know, cheering everybody on. I have to remain impartial as a caster, but like getting to see your friends like really, you know, kick ass. It's it's there. There's a certain joy to it. Yeah, and like I've pulled off. Like I had a series versus Brad in in the group stage, and uh, I had such low expectation. I was like, ah, it's Protoss. I was struggling versus Protoss super hard in every imaginable fashion, but it went my way. I, I Brad didn't practice his 12 pool response, and uh, I had a great start in every game from that. I still can't believe that I like won that series the way I did. Like, <laughs> it, it's incredible when you go into a series with low expectations, but you still have a plan. Like, I still had a plan for the games and for the maps and for you know what I would do if I see certain things, but I had no idea it would work as well as it did. I, I was I'm still surprised. <laughs> yeah, that was really awesome. Congrats on that victory. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Do we have any uh last thoughts on uh how tournaments can relate to uh lower league players? Shuyi, we can start with you. No, I I guess I said everything on the topic that I have thoughts about. Yeah, just do it. If if you have any interest in it at all, just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well put. Dan, any uh closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. Just do it. But, you know, it's also just uh, it's a great experience. And even if you do it and you're like, ah, eh, it's not for me, that's fine. But I, I do really recommend doing it. And also, like, I, I think like when you play StarCraft, right, we're all kind of in the zone, you know, like we're all focused and, and, you know, in the game. But I've played competitive matches where, like, I have reached a flow state beyond my mortal comprehension, and legitimately like doing things in the game I did not know I was capable of. Like the there was a map or two I played versus Sappho where I'm pretty sure it was one of the greatest games I've played in my life and every decision made sense as I made it and I didn't have to think about it as I made it. Like it, it was it was incredible. Like it is feeling that like I I have rarely experienced in my life, but all through all through competition, you know. Uh, I guess I'll just mirror what these guys have been saying. Just just do it. You, you never know what's going to happen. You could have a sick run. You could have, you know, some hilarious things happen. I mean, everybody's kind of there to have a little bit of fun. You you could also meet some really cool people. I mean, you know, I, I met some of my best StarCraft II friends through, you know, NSGSL and doing a little bit of, you know, casting and competing there and practicing and whatnot. But definitely take the take the time to just try just try a tournament and see what you think of it if you enjoy stuff like doing research on your opponents or if you just kind of like want to just throw your hat into the ring and just see what happens i just i, I couldn't recommend enough to uh, go ahead and try and get into a tournament 
Oh yeah, the one thing I wanted to add is it's a great way to find practice partners as well, which like yes. is a tremendously valuable thing to find um, just because you'll you'll find people who are who are down to play some games whenever, you know, and, and again, that's uh, I, I feel like I should throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's um, definitely a fantastic way to find some practice partners. All right. And with that, I guess we can go ahead and conclude episode eight of The Climb, Shu Yi. Thank you so much for coming out tonight and getting the chance to talk uh, to us. We've been thinking about this one for a while. Is there, um, are you doing anything up and coming? Do you have any big streams planned or? Um, oh, I was thinking of holding like a kind of a clown fest tournament where players are rewarded for bounties for, um, you know, doing crazy things like most unique cheese or fewest workers made that resulted in a win stuff like that so that might be up in the horizon in the next month or so but yeah it'd be cool if you guys joined oh i'm 100 percent on board with that that sounds like a lot of fun there you there we go j- 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 there we go there's a fun first tournament for some of you guys yeah and and thank you so much for having me i'm a huge fan of the podcast so yeah i really love to listen to them as soon as they come out so it means a lot to me to be invited so thank you so much yeah, we're we're so psyched that we could actually get you out. It's it's been a pleasure, Dan, my man. Um, yeah. So again, I just want to thank Shuyi for being here. Uh, congratulations, you have been our first our first guest. Uh, and you know you can you can flex that wherever you want, but you were a great choice for the first one. We were very happy to have you on. And uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to do it. Um, and also. Your support as a listener is also greatly appreciated because, you know, in the pre-show, she was like, oh, yeah, I've listened to every episode. And I'm like, fantastic. That's that's great. Thank you so much. But, yeah, so anyways, uh, for me, yeah, hey, uh, I'm streaming on Twitch. Uh, I'm making YouTube stuff here and there as well. Uh, I just made a video about hotkeys. Uh, it's, it's more intended for beginners or people who are looking to get into the game. And, uh, you know, I'm still going to be putting out some videos. I might do one where I'm just going to get, like, overly technical with hotkeys. Not because I think my hotkey setup is good, but uh, because I think it's just interesting to talk about. So um, that'll be down the road. But uh, anyways, you can check me out on Twitch or on YouTube for the most part. All right. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check out his YouTube. He's been putting up some rather fantastic stuff. I actually can't wait for his uh, his next uh, hotkeys video. And with that, I've been Will, Lord Cranial. I, you know, you can find me here on Twitch. I do have a Twitter. Definitely check that out if you get a chance. Uh, also, The Climb. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the VODs will go up on YouTube. You can follow any of those links. And yeah, we'll be there. But that's going to be all for us tonight, guys. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, big shout out and thanks to Shu Yi for being our first guest. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, and with that, uh, good luck. Have fun on the ladder. Try out a tournament if you get a chance. And we will see you later.